Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So here's what we're going to do for Free Flowing Friday. Got to let that breathe a little bit, Eddie. Come on, man. That's some NWA there. That's the best. Speaking of 88, that was right around the time of Nintendo and all the games we were talking about. Now, I know for a fact, and this is kind of what I have in mind here with this. I want this to be uplifting. And one of the uplifting things about this show, and one of the uplifting things about this city, is, and I've talked about this before, but through the course of radio and as well social media, our friend Matthew from Maine was a fan of the New England Patriots growing up in Maine. Why wouldn't you be? And then Adam Vinatieri becomes a Colt. And so Matthew starts following the Colts and then becomes more intrigued by life in Indianapolis. And so starts listening to sports talk radio. And Matthew, unfortunately, had a natural disaster in Maine where Matthew's residence was flooded and lost a lot. So Matthew decided that that was like a sign that it was time to turn the page and move and finally make Indianapolis home. So Matthew, who is going to be the first on our free-flowing Friday, and there's a reason why I'm going to do it. Matthew, let me be the first to say, not the first, but the first publicly to say, because I know the drive is complete. I know you were worried about it. I know you were nervous. And welcome to Indianapolis as now an official Hoosier because you are in the Circle City, correct? Yep, that's correct. And how was the, so how was the drive, Matthew? Um, it was it was rough. It was wicked long. It was better on wicked like, long because like <laughs> the Bostonian in you comes out right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, so Matthew, here's the thing. I had told you this, and we already have accumulated a few things, and you and I are going to get together tomorrow. Uh, so I can deliver a few things for you. We'll match wits on that off air. But I need you, Matthew, to tell me right now. So you had a flood that flooded out your residence in Maine, correct? Yes. And I'm not trying to bring up bad memories here, but you've been pretty public about it. Um, And so you, as a result of that, lost furniture and everything else. And so you come to Indianapolis to basically start over. And we have gotten you so far a lamp. I know that I have for you like a TV slash end table. I believe I have for you a reclining chair and an office chair. Now, with that, because we're going to get together with people here on the program, tell me everything else that you need to furnish your new place here in Indianapolis since you kind of lost everything else in the flood. All right. Um, I do need a bed frame as well as a small dresser. Okay. Bed frame, small dresser. Okay, what else? Um, I need a small kitchen table and a couple of chairs. Okay, small kitchen table and chairs. So we'll start with that, right? Um, I, I mean, I have a feeling that we'll get some other stuff accumulated. But for right now, bed frame, small dresser, small kitchen table and chairs, right? So, so the basics, and then we kind of go from there. We got you the, uh, I think we've got you a reclining chair, an office chair, things like that, and the TV and everything else. Um, but 
here's the thing, Matthew, that I want to say to you. It's going to start getting light here at like 10 o'clock at night in the summertime, and at that point, all bets are off because you are going to get vitamin D overload, and you are going to love the month of May, and you're going to love the summer. So, Matthew, I want to say on behalf of the people of Indianapolis, kudos on the bravery of making the move, kudos on ripping off the Band-Aid, and welcome to the best damn city in the land that's going to make you part of it, and your life is going to be sunshine and rainbows from here on out because you are in Indianapolis, and Indianapolis wants you here. All right, so welcome to Indy, Matthew, all right? All right, thank you. There we go. That is Matthew who makes the drive from Maine. All right, let's go to Charles on line number one. By the way, I will remind people over the course of the day how you can get a hold of me if you have any of that stuff that you might be able to help out with Matthew. We're going to make it happen. Charles joining us. Charles, what's up? Hey, Jake. How are you doing today? You know, I can't complain, Charles. Yourself? I'm outstanding. I'm actually riding a wave of positivity, and it made me want to call in and just share a little bit of it. It's uh. Um, I think, you know, as you know, energies are contagious, whether they're negative or positive. And I, if I could share just a little bit of mine, that would be great. Sure, go ahead. Well, um, you know, we're a local uh, company here. I got a local product, uh, uh, Hartwell's Premium. We're a salad dressing company out of Greenwood. And so I'm just out on the road, out on the sales, out on the sales road here. And I just had a great meeting, dropped some samples off with Victory Field. And hopefully they, they'll bring us on. And uh, I'm not trying to make this a commercial here. I just wanted to share the energy and and it's been 10 years in the making. We're always out on the road. We're always now, Charles, are you a native of Indianapolis? Um, I grew up I, from Martinsville, actually. Okay. Uh, so did you go to Martinsville High School? I did. Graduated in 91. 1991, baby. So I'll bet, I'll bet my buddy Dean Sisson is somebody that you know. I think a year ahead of you, right? I do know of him. Ryan yes. Wolf, uh-huh. Big Bob Denton, the Artesians oh, back yeah. in the day. All right, Charles, give, yeah. me the, give me the name of it one more time. If I want to, for my, for the next time I get a salad, if I'm at Victory Field, I'm going to tell them I want what kind of dressing? It's called Hartwell's Premium, H A R T W E L L S. Perfect, premium. Charles. And, uh, Hartwell's, yeah, Hartwell's so Premium is perfect, Charles, because it is, and I'm not sure exactly the correct terminology here, but I believe it's like National Heart Awareness Month, and we're going to talk about that coming up at 2.30, all right? Coming up at 2.30. Love a good so, crossover moment. That's nice. What's that? Love a good crossover moment when yeah. two things come together. That's Listen, great. I don't want to necessarily open this up to free advertising for businesses, but I get it, Charles, and I, I appreciate the positive vibes, and we certainly wish the company the best of luck because we are a company, right? I mean, that's the thing. Let's go to Scott next. Scott, Heidi Hill on a Friday. What's up? Scott, man, where, where are you? Scott, you got us. We need you. Can you hear me now? There we go, right. Scott. I hear you. What's right. up? Uh, sorry. The uh, earbuds. No, uh, I had two quick questions, well, two different subjects, really. But the first one is the uh, the All-Star game. Is it going to be like the when we had a Super Bowl village um, downtown on Georgia Street? I heard something about DJs playing, and I didn't know how much outdoor activities, uh, especially since. Okay. Good you know, question. Got a, Good question. We'll get that one. Game. And what's okay? So I'll, I'll answer that first one. How about that, Scott? Real quick first. Perfect. NBAevents.com is the website that is designed to give you the rundown for everything that's taking place. The vast majority of events that are NBA sanctioned will be taking place at the convention center, but there will be free stages, including 
like Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, you know, and and Shaq and that show will be, I believe, on Georgia Street. So there are going to be events like for the Super Bowl where Georgia Street is going to have stuff that um, extending out from the field house and going towards the dome or you know the Lucas Oil Stadium, obviously. There are going to be events, and you can find the rundown beginning Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of All-Star Weekend at NBAevents.com of the different free events, notably, both inside and outside, Scott. If you take nothing else away, NBA Crossover is the big event that they're hammering home. It's right. a big thing at the convention center. You can get autographs. They're going to have basketballs to put in, put in your hands. It's supposed to be a great event over the course of the 16th to the 18th. That, hey, again, is at NBAevents.com. Scott had a second question, Eddie. Oh, Did shoot. he drop off? the wrong button. All right, sorry about that, Scott, but hopefully that answered your first one. Uh, Jim, going to be up next. Jim, what's up? Hello, J- Hello, Jake. Jim, you sound like hey, a nice fella. I I, I try to be. <laughs> Everything going all right in your world today, Jim? You sound upbeat. It's I like pretty that. Pretty well. I, I have got an unusual racing story for you. Okay. I know you've been into that, so uh, this is back in, I don't know, in the 90s. So I recently changed jobs from doing fiberglass boat repair and I'd been there about three months. I was doing that for a long time, and then I would, I, would, I got into a into comp, uh, carbon fiber repair and composite repair and manufacturing. Okay. So this guy uh, calls my house. I was married at the time, and my wife answers, and he says, "Is Jim there?" No, he's working right now. And can I get your name and number? And he didn't want to give his name right away. So this went back and forth for for quite a while, and finally she gets tired of it and says, "Who is this?" And he says, this is uh, Emerson. Uh, no Emerson kidding. Now, what year was this, Jim? This is like in 90-something. Now, did was it the year he won, 93? Yeah, he won twice. I know. He won in 89 and 93. It he had the, the orange juice he, instead he, of the milk he, in 93, and that was a big controversy. But did you, he, end up doing, did you end up doing fiber work for him? No, that, that's not – no, I did not. But, but it was the year he won, but it wasn't the year he dueled with Little Al. So okay. So, easy. Well, so, eighty nine so, he won it, but anyway. So, so did you end up doing work for him, what, or did you owe him I money? Did, Why was he calling you? I, I didn't. Well, he he his babysitter from Brazil. He, he told her to back the back the. He was renting a house at at an Eagle Creek, and he told her to back this car his cart vehicle out of the garage, and instead she puts it in forward and she rams this guy who who he's renting the house from this little day sailor in the garage. <laughs> and, and she, she hits it so hard. Jake, that it punches a, a hole in the back wall of the garage. I mean, it's a three or four thousand dollar naysayer, and Emerson feels so bad about this. So anyway, I go out there after work, and I go out there, and he and his wife are arguing. I talked to him on the phone several times, and, Wait, and, so and did you get a fix for him, Jim? Did you get a fix for him? No, he won the race, and the renter's insurance bought him. But uh, hell yeah, him a, the yeah, insur- insurance came through for him, Jim. But he's a nice dude, right? He was a great guy. Yeah. So anyway, he, he, I go out there, and he and his wife are arguing, and I say, they're arguing in Portuguese. And I say, Emerson, if you guys argue, you need to argue in English, so I know what's going on. <laughs> well, hey, he you know what? He, Jim, he might not have wanted you to know what was going on, Jim. I mean, he might have been saying, look, I got this guy coming out. He's a shyster. He might try to charge me too much. Fittipaldi, uh, I have very limited encounters with him, but when I have true, true, true gentlemen, true gentlemen, and as evidenced by the fact that, as Jim says, when he does somebody's house wrong, he wants to make sure it's taken care of. I like Ike up on line five. What's up, Ike? How's it going, Jake the Snake? You know, I can't complain, Ike. How about yourself? And now, is Isaac your real name? 
Yep, sure is. Okay. And, and uh, Isaac, um, who is your favorite Isaac all time? Isaac Hayes? No, I'd have to say Abraham, son. Yeah, that's good. That's that's the right answer there. No problem there. All right, Isaac, what's going on? Or Ike, I should say. What's up today? I was going to say Groundhog's Day marks the halfway point between winter and spring. And people say, oh, that's a long way. I'm saying, no, 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 no. We got four weeks of, Feb- of February. We got Valentine's Day marks the halfway point. Then we got President's Day. We got one more week, and then February's over. <laughs> Ike. I love it, and Ike. March, Ike. March, Let's go, Ike. Madness, March Madness starts. <laughs> you realize when they cut the nets down, it will be spring. So you <laughs> to go, Ike, I love it. Listen, Ike, when we have our spring PBR party, I want you there, Ike. Diet Cokes are perfectly sufficient. But I, when we put this thing together, finally, Ike, I want to lift my PBR for the fact that spring has finally arrived. You can have a Diet Coke if you'd like, and we will celebrate. That's the, that's the kind of optimism, looking forward, that I love. All right? Paul, what is up, Paul? What is up, Jake? How you doing? Oh, that's Paul, the director yes. of Giddiness. I Let's knew you'd go. have to call in. How are you, Paul? I'm, I'm great. I'm delivering this mail, enjoying the beautiful day. Even though it's cloudy out now, it's beautiful because it's a lot warmer and no snow on the ground. I love it, man. I love it. Paul, what's the weekend looking like for you? What do you got on tap? Oh, uh, well, work. Uh, going to watch the IU game uh, tomorrow, even, even though I don't think we're going to win, but still going to watch it and hope that we win. Um, I'm not as confident in IU as I am the coach for the most part, but I'm still a diehard fan. Um, but I've got a couple things, Jake, that I'm, I'm thankful for. For the first time in a long time, we don't have to go into the season thinking who's going to be the coach quarterback. That is true. That is true. Uh, that is reason for optimism. All right, Paul, continue with another one. What's another reason that you're happy? Uh, another reason why I'm happy is my son, who's over in England, just sent me some new pictures of my first grandbaby. Oh, That's there awesome. we go. Congratulations. Now, what's the granddaughter's name, Paul? A- Ava May. I love it. Ava May, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, I'll tell you what, man. Congratulations. The director of giddiness now has even more reason to be giddy. Ava May, welcome. Welcome to the world. And you got the best grandpa ever. I can only imagine when Paul's looking at you, you automatically are smiling right back for the photo, right? Can I wreck the happiness segment real quick? What the heck? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Paul, this is half sad, half happy. If IU loses to Penn State tomorrow, you don't have to worry about them bringing you down the rest of the year because that's it. It's over. Like that's It's done. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a death sentence so, if you lose to Penn State at home. So what you're saying is if IU loses to Penn State, then Ike, when he's talking about spring and March Correct. Madness around the corner, ain't happening Correct. for the Hoosiers. No. All right, who do we got next, Eddie? Let's go with Fred. He's been on hold the longest. Freddie, what is going on, Fred? My man, Jake, what's happening? You are looking at it, Fred. How are you? I'm good, man. These people not giving their positions in the company, man. Be proud <laughs> that we are in this company. I am the director of transportation. Love it. I love it, Fred. I love it. And are you trans? Yes, what are you transporting right now, Fred? Uh, actually, food right now. Jay. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you- here's the thing. People are going to be able to eat because of you, Fred. Now, here's my question uh, for you, Fred, the director of transportation. When you woke up yesterday and saw the sun, and when you woke up today and realized that the sun was out, you said to yourself, you know what? That is symbolic of my life because right now I'm the happiest about blank. 
Fill in the blank for me. What's making Fred happy today? Um, I give all the praise and honor to my God because he is the head of my life, Jake. I love it, Fred. When you wake up and see the sun shining like that, man, it's only one person that can do that in the midst of all this gloominess we've been going through lately, Jake. Well, Fred, I appreciate it, man, and that's the kind of optimism we're looking for, right? And you are right, that gloominess of that cloud, man, it, it got to be a little bit much, right? Colleen is next, is that right? Colleen, how are you? Hey, Jake, I'm fine. How are you today? Are you the director of finance for the company, just out of curiosity? Yes, and that's part of the reason I'm calling in. I am on cloud nine today. I'm the CFO for your company. (laughs) Uh Uh, This is actually my last day of work at my, air quotes here, real job. I am retiring. Congratulations. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing, Colleen. And by the way, is there a cloud 10? Why is it always cloud nine? There's got to be a higher cloud, right? Is there a cloud 10? Do we know? Maybe. I don't, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. So, Colleen, I would like to know this. Retirement for you, and, and listen, you are living my dream here, right? And we are happy that in retirement you still are able to be the CFO of Querying Company. Well, now I can be full-time. <laughs> well, what we have to you do is start getting revenue, Colleen. That would be the challenge for us. That earnings call is going to so, be big now. So, Colleen, if I may, let me ask a few questions here real quick, okay? And I okay. need – the first one would be this. What is – like when you think about retirement, I remember when I was a kid when at the end of the school year – I looked so forward in the summertime to those, I used to say, when I don't know what day of the week it is, when like it's just, you're just going, right? So what is in retirement, what do you have most planned that you're looking forward to? Okay, so this is what my day is probably going to look like. I'm a jazzercise fanatic and don't make fun of me for that, but I I like to stay fit. So I will go to jazzercise. I've taken up pickleball. Okay, our our boss loves pickleball, so that's cool. Well, maybe you can set me up with uh, your boss, and I'm, I'm loving to play with anybody. I love a new challenge. Okay. So I'm going to try and get some pickleball in, and then I like to travel. Actually, I received an invitation um, a couple days ago to go to the Daytona 500. Okay. I'm more of an open-wheel girl, right. but you, know, you can't turn down a you know invite to go to the daytona 500 i can check that off my bucket list that i've been to the indy 500 and now i'll get to go to the daytona 500 i mean so, this is like a full dance card for you here colleen right oh oh, oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna travel i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to spend more time i have two teenage granddaughters um that are in a lot of activities you know one's a okay. swimmer plays tennis and you know different things so i'll actually now, be able to those things because my other job i was traveling you don't know this but i have listened to you in you know pennsylvania kentucky michigan ohio indiana you know i i drove you take the show on the road yeah so colleen that leads to my other question real quick okay and that is this and i'm going to ask this i guess like somewhat selfishly but uh i am very quite frankly and kidding and flippancy aside i'm very appreciative of the fact that you listen to the show I am very appreciative of your willingness to play along with the company aspect of the show. Um, and so I am genuinely curious in, in brief summary, what is it about this program that you enjoy and what can we do better uh, in, in our customer survey here? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a huge Colts fan. 
I, I, I love all sports, but I'm the biggest Colts fan. If you've been to any of the Colts games, you've probably seen me on the Jumbotron. I was Taylor Swift before she was Taylor Swift. People would ask, <laughs> I always get on TV. And I'm like, I don't know. It's got to be some guy with a camera across because – for crying out loud, nobody's in my face with a camera, but I do sit in the front row right behind the Colts bench. So, you know, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But I like, I mean, the previous show during this time slot, it got old after a while. There was a lot of negativity. I like your positivity. I just like the format. I like the whole, you know, being part of the company. It makes me feel like I'm part of the show. And I think that your viewpoints and your guests and the interactions, the interviews are, have just been top notch. I've really did enjoy it since you've well, taken it. I mean, Colleen, we appreciate it and I'm happy that we're able to give you a second career here, right? As the CFO of the company and for that matter, director of marketing, right? All right, let's round it out with Bob. Bob, you are up on a, what do we call it again, Eddie? Free flowing Friday, right? Bob, how are you? How are you, Jake? I'm fine. <laughs> you know, Bob, now you sound like a hearty fellow. Uh, are you a native of Indianapolis, Bob? I'm a native of Lafayette. I'm a Purdue Boilermaker fan. Did you hear the sad news off the top of the show about Jim Rowinski? No. Did uh, I? Jim Rowinski did pass away, and I was saying uh, he was kind of the first in that mold of just the total Gene Cady, blue-collar, hard-helmet, hard-working, bruising player that just got better year by year by year, and he was the first that opened the floodgates for a lot of great players that have followed that mold in terms of just transforming themselves into becoming really good players at Purdue. That's what I was going to say. He was the transformer. He just They beat him up, and buddy, they, they bruised on the basketball. Um, Bob, what's on your mind today? Well, uh, everything's great. I'm, I live in Lafayette, but I'm down here in Florida right now for a few months waiting on you to come down to see the uh, – the Grand Prix. Do you live Maybe near St. Pete, Bob? I'm an hour away, so I'll be down. I was down there last year, and uh, on Saturday I snuck into the VIP and stood next to Doug Bowles for a while. Nice. That's a, You I know, I, my autobiography is going to be entitled, I Spent the Life Being Places I'm Not Supposed to Be, right? Um, well, I did I did that forever, but then 9-11 changed a lot of that. So. Well, that is true. That is true. They don't let you into everything. But, so, Bob, uh, will you be at the St. Pete race this year? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Now, I'm a, I don't know if you have my cell phone number, Bob. I give it out on the air on a regular basis, but I want you to I, lock I, it in. And if you're coming to the race, I won't be down there until Friday. But on Saturday, I want you to text me when you're at the racetrack, and I'll, we can walk around and have fun, all right? That sounds like a great deal. And also, I'll be riding in the car, and I listen to your show down here, and my wife's like, that guy's just like you. He asks so many stupid questions to people. <laughs> well, Bob, I do what I can, right? I, I, I know, and I, I, I want to take a road trip with you, Jay. Bob, hey, I'll tell you what. If, if my flight gets canceled for St. Pete, we'll road trip back to Indy together. How's that? We'll even stop at Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga and go up the incline. We'll have a, some brief jerky at Bucky's, too. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right, Bob. I appreciate it. Uh, Bob on a Friday. See, that's what we do, right? It's fun. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Our next guest... Is Kevin Bowen. You hear him weekdays, 
7 to 10 a.m. on the wake-up call with KB and Andy. Of course, he covers the Colts on 107.5thefan.com, Pacers as well. The area I want to start, though, because we've had all this positivity, and I'm going to be the black cloud here. I'm going to bring it back down because, Kevin, IU is on life support, IU basketball, when it comes to their tournament hopes, and I didn't realize this historical nugget. If I could take you back for a second, KB, when I was a freshman in Indiana, IU was fighting to try to stay alive. Same kind of boat, tournament hopes. It was the Tom Crean era. Yogi Ferrell was there as a sophomore at the time, I believe. And they lose to Penn State at home. And we were at Eigeman Dormitory at IU. And we had to you walk. You lived at Eigeman? Lived at Eigeman freshman year. Okay. And we walked from, walked to the game, we walked back. It's a long walk for the Donut IU's campus from Assembly Hall back there. Long walk, I have a viral video of my buddy who's just having a go to pieces because we just lost to Penn State at home. KB, IU, Penn State, when you look at this matchup, Penn State is quad three. You lose this game, you're likely done. Like your hopes are done barring you run the table. Should I get worried the last time Penn State just happened to win at Assembly Hall was that fateful night when I was a freshman? Boy, I'm still picturing the walk from Assembly Hall to Eigenman. I mean, brutal. I would be bussing that. that brutal. Yeah, I, can we not <laughs> A-bus it or B-bus it? We probably could have. The, we probably could have. Yeah. I'm trying to picture what the bus pattern was back then. Um, well, I've seen Penn State once this year. It was at Purdue, and they looked absolutely awful at basketball. Um, I know there's some, you know, moments that they've looked better than that. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, you just laid it out there. I, I guess let's start with injuries, right? I mean, where are we at? Is Xavier Johnson, Malik Renew playing? It sounded like they avoided maybe disaster, but still, um, I would think that they, they, they probably are iffy at, at best for tomorrow. And then, um, you know, next week, obviously, you got two huge, huge road games. If you even want to get close to sniffing any sort of whatever, next four, next four, next four out as the month of February moves along. I, uh, again, I, I think Penn State stinks, but I, I I would like to think that Indiana could hold serve at Assembly Hall, but who knows what their availability is going to look like tomorrow. I guess the real question, Kevin, and I'd have to really check their schedule here, but you know, Indiana can't really afford any quote-unquote bad losses, but more so they've got to look at their schedule and find out how many – opportunities they have remaining to get really good quality wins i mean kevin they're not even really right now in the discussion what like there's you know, three there's three purdue i'm taking I, off the board there I, are three I guess quality the question wins becomes left. kevin is if there's three do three quality wins for indiana put them over the top at this point because you're looking at like the the low 90s like 100 in terms of overall ranking of those sorts of things yeah, I mean, unless there's smarter bracketologists out there, at Purdue's a must and home to Wisconsin's a must. I mean, the Big Ten's not very good this year. I mean, when you think about it in, in normal standard, what, what, am I missing like these other, you know, really quality wins? The non-conference resume is very ugly for Indiana uh, in terms of, you know, any sort of wins, let alone any wins away from home. Uh, it's not like they've won games really away from home yet in the Big Ten. I, I can't imagine Michigan is – any sort of quality win at this point. So, yeah, if we are – boy, I'm, frankly, I'm shocked that we're even discussing Indiana as a possible tournament team. I mean, I, I Wisconsin are, are must-wins. I mean, like that – I mean, 
point blank period. There's nothing away from home and there's nothing of substance on the resume. And that's, I mean, based off how the committee's operated, that's what matters. Like you have to beat quality and win away from your own building. And there is neither of that. I mean, Nebraska has won quality games. Look at them. I mean, they, you know, beaten Purdue and they beaten Wisconsin. And yet you still sit there with Nebraska and like they're a bubble team because they haven't won a big 10 game away from home. So you know, Indiana doesn't even sniff that from a quality. I mean, what is Indiana's best win? I guess is it is it Ohio State? Like, and, and probably where are they right. At? Well, so the, yeah. the the Ohio State game on the road because it's a road game. It's one through seventy five is what becomes a quad one win, a significant signature win when you're playing in somebody else's place. They're seventieth right now. So what you're looking at is if you beat them, does that push them below the threshold where there would be a quad one win to the committee? You're having to root for Ohio State the rest of the year and hope that they battle things out. Potentially, the North, the Nebraska game, when they come here, I, I doubt it unless they pick up steam on the road. Like you mentioned, Kevin, they've yet to win a game on the road in the Big Ten. If Nebraska is able to do that, maybe that pushes enough to become a high or a low quad one win at home, but yeah, outside of that, the picture is as bleak as as it stands right now. Ohio State on the road, Purdue on the road, at home against Wisconsin, and at home against Michigan State to end the season are the only signature quad one wins you could stack. But at this point, you have none. So any of those you'd welcome, it just it still might not be enough with the position they're in. Yeah, again, I, I will stand by at Purdue and at home to Wisconsin are must wins. Um, if not that, you're going to have to win the Big Ten tournament. I, I, I just don't see how a resume could look <laughs> attractive enough, frankly, come mid-March. And that's why you look at, you know, at Illinois last week and, and certainly the Kansas game earlier in the year, and it was hard to just really kind of clap your hands at the, you know, hey, moral victory, blah, blah, blah. Like, they just weren't in a position to celebrate that because the resume doesn't have – anything of substance on it so yeah that's what really makes you know last Saturday kind of falling apart over the last minute and certainly the Kansas game falling apart there in the second half that's what makes them really really sting because if you get one of those two I I probably don't laugh at the conversation as much as I laugh at it right now because frankly there's there's really no conversation Kevin Bowen is our guest you hear him every morning of course on the wake-up call with KB and Andy um, Kevin, obviously one of your areas uh, of note amongst many is your coverage of the Colts. So I want to touch on that and get to that here. Um, the first, I'm going to ask you the question that I asked Stephen Holder at the beginning of the week. The Colts were obviously very close to the postseason this year. And, you know, you know I mean, a quarter away probably if you want to look at it in those terms. But as you have watched now the playoffs unfold and the elite level of play that we see that would catapult one into the Super Bowl. What areas do you note or did you recognize as you're watching Kansas City, San Francisco, Detroit, you know, whoever it may be, where you say, that's what the Colts are missing. That's what separates those teams in the and the divide is perhaps greater than it looks on paper. Yeah, I don't know if there's a universal thing, Jake, amongst all four, but just in general, I, I would say playmaking. Um, you know, I think the Colts offensively, they obviously lack it. I mean, that, that was pretty clear to anybody who watched the Colts this year. They just lack, I think, truly, truly explosive playmakers. You know, Jonathan Taylor went healthy, I think, is that. But certainly he was not that for much, if at all, really in 2023. And Michael Pittman, for as quality of a player as he is, I still don't think 
he checks that box. And defensively, I just don't think he had enough, you know, really timely playmaking, if you want to get, you know, and kind of boil it down to a specific thing. Uh, those moments where, you know, you need to get off the field or you need the game-changing turnover or you know, something along those lines, uh, you couldn't find that. So th- that's probably where I would go. I mean, specifically, if you look at these last two teams, I think it's worth pointing out. You know, Andy and I talked about this earlier in the week. You know, both of them are in different stages of very impressive runs. You know, Kansas City, in my mind, is a budding dynasty. Uh, San Francisco has had a really, really nice run here over the last few years with very different quarterback play. And both of them took advantage of, you know, I'd say notable swings, if not big swings, you know, when their respective QBs were on manageable deals. And I think it's critical for the Colts to view this offseason in that light and view the upcoming offseason in that light. I mean, if you go back to Kansas City's first Super Bowl, and Jimmy knows this full well, I mean, they don't win that game without Sammy Watkins. They don't win that game without Frank Clark, without the Honey Badger. I mean, again, guys that maybe aren't long-term guys, but certainly guys that kind of got them over the hump with that first Super Bowl. And then if you look at San Francisco, I mean, it is rather incredible to look at their roster and see the top-flight guys they are paying at positions. I mean, you could count six, maybe seven guys that are like top-of-the-market money uh, at their respective positions, whether it's Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel or George Kittle or Trent Williams. And then defensively, you start in the front you know, front four with Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and, and, and Fred Warner, a linebacker. I mean, that is remarkable to see a team in today's cap be able to manage it like that. And, and I say manage it, a huge reason why, is because they barely pay Brock Purdy anything. So uh, I think those are probably a couple things, a little bit more like outside of just the play on the field, and a little bit more of like roster management construction where that really stands out to me. Both of them in different ways uh, have taken advantage of you know, cheaper deals. Obviously, Kansas City's no longer on that. But Mahomes is, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. But um, in the here and now, uh, both of them have, have, have done that in different ways. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And Bowen is our guest. You hear him 7 to 10 a.m. on the wake-up call with KB and Andy. Find his work on 1075thefan.com. Uh, for my next question, one nugget with that, you bring up the Sammy Watkins aspect of that. I was obviously elated when they did it because he's a former number one overall pick, and I loved Sammy Watkins in college, and his biggest bugaboo at that point was he couldn't stay healthy. Sometimes you find overexpensive contracts when you have the luxury of that rookie deal, and that was via trade. You can do it via trade. You can do it in free agency. There's plenty of ways to help build around your young quarterback. And speaking of that young quarterback, Kevin had a piece on 107.5thefan.com earlier this week. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to do so. Does Anthony Richardson need to change playing style in his de facto rookie campaign coming up this fall? And Kevin, I want you to summarize your key points from that. But as I took it, it's not as much putting the unicorn in the box and changing what he does best as much as it is limiting it to more effective situations where he can still be him, but not being recklessly so where they're putting him in situations where re-injury could potentially occur. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, Jimmy. Um, limit, not eliminate. That's a phrase that I've used a lot. I used in the article. I'll continue to use it when it comes to Richardson and, and the run usage for him. Like, 
no matter what, I mean, come week one of next year, Anthony Richardson is going to be a run threat for whatever opponent the Colts have. No matter, you know, he can carry it two times in the entire game. And, you know, come week two, they're still going to have to, you know, acknowledge that. I, I go back to, if you guys remember, ironically, it was the game that he got hurt in and, and ended the season. But if you go back to that big Zach Boss touchdown against Tennessee in week five, and you go back and look at that play, it's a third and one. And they give it to Moss up the middle. And I think it was Kevin Byard, Tennessee safety. I want to say somebody else. There was another defender. I forget if it was a linebacker or a corner or who. But both of them are so occupied with Richardson as the run threat, as the guy that you know could keep it instead of just sticking in the belly of Moss and, and not keeping it, that they you know kind of clear out that area to where um, once Moss gets to that second level, if you will, Zach Moss, a guy that no one would label as some explosive runner, he's gone and he's in the open field. You know, and that is because of the run threat of Richardson. So, to me, the run threat is always going to be there. You don't have to run him into the ground to where you're, you know, making him susceptible to more hits throughout a game. So, um, I think if you look at it, I want to say he averaged when he played full games or close to full games, I should say, because there weren't many of them. I think he was right around like ten carries a game. I kind of look at that, okay, what, what if that number becomes six? And if you take out four carries a game and you, you know, times that out by 17 games, you're going to eliminate a good amount of hits against them. I don't think you eliminate the threat of him. And the threat of him is such a weapon that, again, the Colts haven't had in years. So as long as the threat is still there, there could be times and places where you certainly use him. Uh, I mean, hell, fourth and one against Houston would have been – that exact play, but it's just staying away from, honestly, probably staying away from the run he got hurt on. And that was an early second quarter um, run play that, you know, probably wasn't necessary. So focus on the third down, focus on the fourth down, focus on the red zone when you do utilize those legs for him. Now, again, this is me talking. I, I, I don't think the Colts necessarily agree with that. Um, Shane Steichen strikes me as a dude. It's like, nope, uh, we drafted him four overall for a reason, and I'll run him as much as I want to run him. I'm not asking for him to change his play style. I, I, I think that's foolish. But I am asking for Shane Steichen, I think, to realize longevity is critically important for this kid uh, within a season, within a career. And if you can trim down some of those hits while still making sure the threat is there, I think that would be really wise. Kevin, in what ways do you think, if at all, that Chris Ballard philosophically has evolved on the job? That's a good question. Um, I think the presence of Steichen helps in that I do think they are a little bit more um, just kind of opening their eyes to different sorts of players. Um, Josh Downs would be an example of it last year. Um, I think Chris is pretty stringent on physical measures and, you know, those guys that – by the white opposition, I guess, to continue the example, need to be a certain height and a certain weight. And, you know, if they're not, then their success rate isn't very high. Where Shane comes in, it's like, no. And, and again, I know all of these didn't work out. But, I mean, Jake, I remember you and I even had this conversation one day at camp when they signed up Maury Rogers from Clemson. And it was like, whether it's Josh Downs as a draft pick, whether it's Isaiah McKenzie as a free agent signing, whether it's Amari Rogers in training camp, those are, you know, kind of jitterbug type of wideouts that, you know, are, are, are good types of players to diversify your wideout room with. So um, I think Shane has kind of helped Chris maybe look at it in that realm. So I'd say that is probably uh, one of the areas that I would point to. Um, 
I am curious, you know, with Richardson on a rookie contract, how does he react to that? Um, he has not had this. I want to say if you look at Richardson's number salary cap-wise for this coming season, I want to say it's a 28th or 29th among all QBs, uh, like just over $2 million. Uh, annually, and if you look at you know, quarterbacks around the league, pretty much half of them are double digit in you know millions that they're making. So again, this is a time to to attack and um, to do some things that might be a little bit outside the box. There's an element of I'll believe it when I see it, but you just look around the league. Uh, various teams have done that. We talked about Kansas City and San Francisco, but you know whether it was you know, Stephon Diggs going to Buffalo, I think it was year two or year three of Josh Allen's career. You know, A.J. Brown to Jalen Hurts, kind of in a similar time frame, year two to year three. Uh, you know, Tua getting Tyreek Hill, year two to year three. Like, to me, those are just such valuable times to do some things that you, you can no longer do. Like, Kansas City can no longer do that based off how they're paying Mahomes. Um, those are some things that I would like to see him try to explore as well. Who's your coach of the year in the NFL? I think it's Kevin Stefanski is a no-brainer. I mean, I, I guess – unless you want to take the playoffs into consideration. But, yeah, I mean, if you just call for regular season. I With mean, everything they had, they had to overcome? Yeah. What, four different quarterbacks won a game? I mean, that's – I mean, right there, that's just a – that's that alone probably sets enough. But, I mean, Nick Chubb blows out his knee in week two, and I think they were down to – I mean, hell, the Ben Davis kid got banged up a tackle. He was starting a lot for him, that he was out for the year. And I think they were down to, like, their third or fourth offensive tackles there. And they had, you know, defensive injuries too, so – yeah, I would say, yeah, Kevin Stefanski, if you just looked at, you know, what they lost. I also think, and I struggle with this at times with Coach of the Year, but, like, wh- what is the award? Like, shouldn't Kyle Shanahan and, and you know, Andy Reid get credit for, <laughs> like, having their teams in the Super Bowl? Or right. because we well, thought they you know, good? Kevin, the same, to that point, I've always wondered about this one. Most improved player. Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Comeback player of the year. Like, Baker Mayfield's up for comeback player of the year. And I'm like, well, what's he coming back from? Just not being very good? Right. I, I mean, and I, you know, there's most yeah, improved and comeback player of the year. I, to be comeback player of the year, I would think that, that it's because something happened where either you had an injury that set you out for a year or, I don't know, you, like, had cardiac arrest on the field. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, to me, like, comeback would be more of a – or. Uh, uh, most improved would be more of a Baker award to come back would be, you know, whatever, DeMar Hamlin or, right. you know, guys that suffered those big injuries. Um, and, and I've used the Big Ten coach analogy before, and this year probably is a decent example of it. Like, you know, should the Big Ten coach of the year, like let's say Purdue wins on Sunday and runs the table. Should Matt Painter win coach of the year again in the Big Ten, or should we look at Fred Hoiberg or Chris Collins and say, no, they really overachieved. And, and, and like, that's why, well, I mean, Matt Painter deserves credit for having a program that doesn't need to overachieve. Like, we already have their bar so high because of what he's done. I struggle with that with Coach of the Year. But still, having said all that, if you're going to make a pick, I'd go with Kevin Spansky. Kevin Bowen is our guest. Again, you can hear him weekdays on these very airwaves, 7 to 10 a.m. on the wake-up call with KB and Andy. Kevin, when you look around at the success of other quarterbacks on a similar timeline, most notably C.J. Stroud, and the fact that it's in division, does that amplify at all? Maybe not the pressure, but the level of... In other words, how does it affect the timeline for Anthony Richardson, knowing that Lawrence is already there, even though the Jaguars fell off a cliff last season? 
and C.J. Stroud appears to be the shining beacon from that draft class. Where, where does it change of anything, both internally and externally, the timeline and the expectations for Anthony Richardson when this is basically a de facto rookie season for him this fall? Yeah, I mean, certainly AFC South has now become, I would say, much more of a competitive division, one to four, quicker than I thought. But I also think, to Richardson's credit, if there's one thing exiting this year, Jimmy, that I, I think of with Richardson, why I might have questions about, again, the longevity of the career, like lasting deep into the 20s at, at the level that you would like and and those sorts of things, just because dual threat guys typically don't you know, last. Uh, to that level, they're going to have to become you know, a little bit more pocket-oriented at some point. I do think Richardson showed, in a small sample size, but I do think he showed like you can get return quicker on him than I previously thought. I mean, I think entering this past season, it was like, oh, man, this is a redshirt year, and you know they're going to win whatever. You know, people, A lot of people, I think, thought like three or four games, and then you know, maybe next year you sniff seven or something like that, and then you know, maybe the third year is where you start to actually be like competitive towards the playoffs. And now I'm starting to think, you know, I, I think it'd be pretty disappointing if the Colts didn't make the playoffs next year. And obviously you got to see him for a full season. And I mean, how the kid played what a quarter and a half on the road all year. And, and, you know, never outside of the Rams game, it was really in a, a ton of fourth quarter moments, I guess week one, maybe as well, but still you got a lot there that you want to see him in. But I do think you can get again, a little bit earlier return of you're a pretty legit team. Uh, in year two of his of his career, um, but certainly the AFC South. I mean, and I know it might be minuscule to a lot of people, but I think kind of a sneaky storyline that didn't go in the Colts' favor here in the head coaching cycle is Bobby Slowick staying in Houston as their offensive coordinator. Um, I think if you're a Colts fan, you want as much turnover as possible for C.J. Stroud and that staff in Houston over the years. Um, and the fact that, you know, of the eight openings, you know, none of that went down that path. I do think that is, you know, a little bit of a bummer for the Colts. Kevin, Pacers-wise, I said this earlier on the show, this isn't a knock against them, it's just the reality of their situation. My bar for them to start the year was six seed or better, and then they go get Siakam, and it's like, well, that might be a real possibility, but then you've had the injuries fall for Tyrese Halliburton, and they've been really unable to get the proper separation that you would have liked in that seed situation especially when a team like Miami, who's probably contending for that same spot to avoid the play-in, have had their worst month of basketball arguably of the season the last four weeks. Do you worry at all that we might look back at this stretch, albeit somewhat out of the Pacers' hands, with what-if thoughts if things don't go the way they want them to this year? Like they could have solidified a spot in the playoffs versus being in the play-in? Honestly, I'd probably look back in November. I know it's a long time ago, but I just think mm. squandering those home games at home um, is where I would point to. I mean, you lost to, what, four or five of those really, like, bottom feeder-type teams. I mean, certainly last night was a disappointing loss. And you don't say that very often about road games. But, you know, Knicks are down three starters and, you know, four of their top whatever seven. And you got to lead for 40 straight minutes or whatever it was, and you can't you know, finish that off. And really, is you know, Brunson was outstanding, of course. But, I mean, you just got outworked and out-hustled. And I think that's what's disappointing about last night. But, yeah, I, I point more to, towards that early stretch. And it, it was kind of funny, you know, when we've had – and by the way, shout out to you guys. I really enjoyed all of them. But Aaron Neesmith and Ben Shepard in particular. I mean, Tyrese is Tyrese. But um, I really enjoyed both of those interviews you guys had. 
this week. Um, I think when you look back on the start of the season, when we had Rick Carlisle on leading into the year, he said to us, and really didn't shy away from it, like, hey, we've got to take advantage of this road uh, or of this home slate um, early on. You know, he, he certainly knew what lied ahead in January, especially. And even this early February stretch, I think you'd label as difficult. Um, but I think Pat Boylan had the stat earlier. I saw like the third easiest schedule the rest of the way after Friday. Um, now, again, part of it's like, well, they haven't really taken advantage of those teams to the level that you would like. But uh, if for some reason you get to mid-April and they're in the play-in or you know, even they're in the sixth seed or something like that, I think I'll point more towards November in that they were pretty healthy then, too. You know, Halliburton hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, you, you, you've had some guys in and out of the lineup here over the last week or two, or really probably more like the last month, and the schedule, again, has toughened up. So I'd probably go to November 1st. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Kevin Bowen, our guest. Kevin, the weekend looks like what for you, and what do you guys have slotted in for Monday to start our week next week? Weekend is pretty light, which I'm very pleased with. If you guys want to come over, we got a big Notre Dame at Pittsburgh game tomorrow. I seemingly invited Jake over to, boy, um, I don't know, 40-some Notre Dame basketball games, and he never made it. Uh, so, yeah, 6, six o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, if you guys, we can go. We can flip back and forth between Indiana State and Drake during the commercials if you guys would like. But, That's a big one, man. Uh, well, well, yeah, big one for Notre Dame, yeah. Certainly need to, <laughs> need to get okay. off. Yeah. Certainly need to get off the mat here. Um, I've struggled a bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, And then next week, uh, well, I caught up with you guys in the hallway after you guys showed yesterday. We did catch up with former Colt safety George Odom. Uh, I'm not sure how much that name will resonate, but, you know, former All-Pro special teamer here. Caught up with him. We recorded that interview as he gets ready for the Super Bowl, so we'll certainly play that back uh, next week. And we have P.J. Carlissimo at some point next week. Uh, So looking forward to that. I always enjoy hearing his insights. So, uh, and hopefully a couple other Super Bowl related guests. Do not ask about Latrell Sprewell. That's all I'll say. Is that uh, is that uh, from experience? You're saying that? Well, PJ Carlissimo, who is a really fun personality and and was a great coach, uh, although he did knock Indiana out of the tournament in '89 when he was with Seton Hall, and I've never uh, gotten over that. But PJ Carlissimo, a lot of people forget when Latrell Sprewell, one of the pre, you know, it ended up getting kind of overshadowed years later by the brawl. But the biggest suspension, I believe, at the time in NBA history was to Latrell Sprewell when he choked PJ Carlissimo when they were at Golden State together. Right. I, I definitely remember that. I guess, has he talked about it on record since? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That's that a I good, I would imagine at this point. I mean, I was being flippant. I would imagine at this point. Sure. Why don't you ask they him? They probably would have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> ask him, right? Oh. I would, they had to have. Yeah done something i would think together since then right lead off with that actually because pretty well i think actually turned out to be i mean it wasn't like he was a problem child the entire time but that was a fairly ugly incident right right i know i might we'll see if andy's up for that one how about that tell him i'm still not um (laughs) over the fact that andrew gaze like dropped nine threes on indiana in denver in 89 that's probably a, a better memory for him right kevin you need to enter a Jeopardy contest on Indiana basketball from 1980 to 1995. <laughs> I know. It's it's a little bit frightening, I realize, you know. That one, you don't even have to watch early, that edition that's of Jeopardy. Right. You can yeah, just participate right. live. I don't have to watch it be good. Pika and then be a ringer in Kansas City. <laughs> 
Kevin, enjoy the weekend, and uh, good luck to your Irish. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend.